Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Trade Show University. This is the podcast where you know you're going to get the best interviews, the best insights from industry experts. That's just going to help you skyrocket your ROI. That's what it's all about is getting better results, getting more innovative, getting just doing things for the customer, for the audience. And I'm just really, really pleased to have on today an expert in the industry, someone who's been been doing this for a while, is super innovative and is going to be talking from, from the display side. So pleased to have on Josh Rifkin from Flatworks Displays. Josh, welcome to Trade University. Really a pleasure to have you on. Hey, Jim. Thank you so much. It's exciting to be on the podcast and I've been following you for a while. And I am just love talking about trade shows. And I know you do too. So oh. I'm excited to talk about it. One of my favorite topics of all time. But for those people out there who are not familiar with Flatworks Displays, give people a little insight. Yeah, so we're based in San Diego, and we designed a flat pack system, like you said, tool-free, easy to set up. We've got three unique parts to set, assemble a column, and you then connect those columns with slot wall or shelves, and we're our main goal is to mimic retail and give you also the ability to pack up the booth at the end of the show easily because our crate is also your table and also your storage. It's 48 by 28 inch footprint. So- you can easily store that. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to reduce the overall expenses of exhibiting at trade shows. And, and that goes with storage fees, uh, labor setup, which you can do on your own, but usually you have to get some labor at some point. But grabbing one guy for an hour or two to set up a 10 by 20 is pretty nice. With freight prices going up so much, you know, $1.50 you know, per pound, and then you've got drayage coming in and out. We're just trying to reduce that, right? So we're about a fraction of the weight, a fraction of the dimensions, and a fraction of the labor setup time. Wow. Very cool. There's Innovation. a lot there. We got a lot of benefit points, but yeah. yeah. No. But it's mean, all, it, it's, it was all about solving problems that, yes. that that companies are having and now some that we didn't realize were coming with the you know, with the inflation and, and all that, the rising costs and and just eliminating headaches. So that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. but you... You have been busy. You have just been all over the place. And you guys, I know you guys serve a ton of different industries. What I want to talk about today is really some success stories and, and mm -hmm. some innovative things and maybe some some trends that that companies need to be thinking about. So tell tell us you know, what's what's one or two things that you see out there that are that are happening that you are really excited about. It's interesting. I mean, I have some larger clients that are now branching out into a lot of different verticals and testing a lot of different trade show, like from the gift industry to the pet industry. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. But then there's other companies that are going, I'm only going to do one or two. It's interesting. And when they do, 
they're leading forward with like their best foot. They're going to go into a 20 by 20 island or get that better space. And it's amazing because I have some clients that have kind of graduated from, you know, your pipe and drape with like pillowcase graphics and the table. And once they've made that decision to find a better position and and upgrade their their configuration and go with a booth like ours or even other ones that's going to have open entry and more flow, they've just reported amazing ROI. I mean, people walk by and go, I didn't even know you're here. Like, where have you been? So I think it's probably, I mean, I do see a lot of people deciding to move into a larger space and commit to maybe less shows and do it right. But that said, I mean, we do have some larger clients that are really branching out to try and kind of test a lot of different verticals. We've got one sock company that went to the pet show. They went to the gift show. They went to magic. They went to, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the, you know, like see a car show. Oh, <laughs> They're yeah. just testing it all out. It's, you know, and I, I give feedback to our clients as I go to these other shows, like say Nectar Products Expo West. There's a lot of room there for companies that are not just food that are, you know, they have to be natural in order to be at that show. But, you know, I definitely love to give feedback as I get into these different markets, whether it be restaurants or even guns. I mean, we've done, you know, the shot show. There's definitely, there's a lot of opportunity out there, um, but you have to be careful. You know, you can't, you can't spend your entire budget on, on testing all these markets, but it, it really depends on the client. It depends on, you know, what their budget is. And I think, what we've tried to do is try and reduce the cost for each of those shows so that they can do more shows or do a bigger booth. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big decision to go up into, into the next booth, but it's great to hear that a bigger space can sometimes mean a bigger ROI, even though that it's scary because the, the investment up front, not just, okay, I need to fill this space. Okay. So I need a bigger display. I need to figure out what I'm going to, what I'm going to put in here, but the actual cost of the of the booth space itself could be a little little daunting or a lot daunting for for a lot of companies. Yep. But if you if you think about, I remember McDonald's. You know, Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's. I remember he was giving a talk one time. I think it was to a college class, and he said, "Okay, what business are we in?" Everyone's like, "Oh, fast food." He's like, "No, well, restaurants." No, he was, "We're in the real estate business." Mm-hmm. And where you think about it, where do you see McDonald's? You see them on the busiest intersections in the busiest parts of town. That's where you find them because that is where the opportunity lies so for i guess the people's wheel spinning about maybe yeah. it's time to move up to a different spot oh that's that's fantastic it it, it really has been i mean the, the the response from multiple clients in different verticals once they've gone to that island setup or gotten to a main aisle and decided to upgrade and really get that product up there and 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 in some cases, you know, we've been a part of a rebrand. So they've done a complete rebrand as they're launching this at the same time. So big investment for sure. But man, the ROI has been incredible. Another thing you said about, about verticals, a lot of times if we're thinking about different verticals, yeah, you say that could be scary and you have to do your research. You have to do your homework. But yeah. sometimes you could be the only person in that with your type of product or service at this new show because yep. no one's thought of that vertical yet. And so now all of a sudden you are standing out and it may be a, a complete whiff, but it might be a home run. So it's a, doing your homework is definitely going to make a lot of difference to, to see which show and which vertical should you go after. 
There are so many shows. It's just <laughs> incredible. I mean, yeah, I, I have clients that do these bigger shows. They do the pet show, whatever vertical or, or, or specific category of product they're in. Yeah. But they're they're also going off and doing the Ace Hardware show and the True Value show and the Mid-State show and open houses for retailer shows. So having a system that you can build this bigger booth and then do smaller and, and, and keep that brand consistency, mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And that's kind of why we came up with the system we had because I did – 15, 20 shows a year for another publishing company I worked for. And we had one really good booth and all the rest looked like a science fair. So having something that, that, that stays consistent and, and allows you to kind of planogram and, and, and be quick and, and open up that, that booth space so that you can actually converse and bring your clients in or your prospects from, from the aisle. I think that's important. Yeah. So for those companies that are looking to maybe rebrand or they're looking to go to a new show or maybe they're like, yeah, we need a new booth. We've been living with this, the same display for several years now. It's time to do something new. Where do they start? What questions should they be asking? I think it really depends on the type of product they have. You know, I mean, okay. if you've got like a, a, a limited number of SKUs and you're launching, I think a, a large back graphic is great and then highlight you know a smaller segment of 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 a product offering but you do want to emulate retail you want to see the, the the retailer needs to know hey this is what's going to look like on a peg or on a shelf so i would always say and and we do this a lot with companies that have maybe 30 40 SKUs. we'll say like here's our booth <clears throat> and we can kind of flank each side with merchandise and say shelves or sidewall. And then in the middle, let's go with some sort of SEG or pillowcase graphics, something affordable that will then give you that big brand representation and highlight that one product or your one key part of what you're trying to you know convey at the show. And then from there, which is really nice with our system is that you can then remove the eight by eight and then add in more structure to kind of build out and kind of grow. And so it, it really depends. You know, we do focus on product base businesses. So if you're, and, and when people come to me and say, Hey, I've got a technology company, pharmaceuticals or whatever, and I have no product at all. I'm like, you really shouldn't be talking to me, but I can definitely refer you to someone else that has more of an environmental booth space. That's just going to be conducive to, you know, more meetings. So yeah. it really depends on what product or no product of what you're trying to accomplish. So, and, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, I want, I want a backlit, you know, SEG graphic or something really bright and beautiful. Sometimes I think it dilates your eyes and detracts from a company that has a lot of different SKUs. So with a company that has only, you know, five to 10 to 20 SKUs, maybe that's great. So I like to guide people in, 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 in determining first, like, A, what's your budget? Um, and how many shows are you going to be doing? Right. So, and, and if, is this going to be kind of regional, if it's regional and you've got sales reps, you want something really nimble, right? They want to be able to walk it in, <clears throat> carry some things in. So there's a lot of great solutions out there, but when it comes to heavy product base, you kind of have to commit, right? Otherwise you're going to have this, you know, drape table and a backdrop and it just, it looks like you're starting out. And so, you know, in the eyes of the re or the buyers, you know, they're going to, they're going to look at this booth and go, Will they be able to deliver this product, right? If you're all buttoned up, then they're more likely to probably place a PO. So that's how I see it. And, and, and that's where I, you know, if you don't have the budget, you don't have the budget. There's not much, you know, we can do about that. But I think there are solutions. And I always try to, and I've built a, a great network, especially over a pandemic with LinkedIn, with a lot of different people that have specialties in 
very portable, easy to assemble. Now I could do that and I could reach out, but I tend to just kind of refer those out. And so it's really nice because we get this reciprocal kind of relationship where someone needs a, a Millennium Falcon, you know, something custom, real big and crazy. I know who to call for that. I've got a number of people. So I like to say no, but still say yes and, and give some, everyone kind of a solution. That's awesome. I love the customer, customer service there because I'm leaving with a great feeling for you as and, and your company because you helped me, even though you yeah. couldn't do it personally. You didn't take the yeah. business, but you referred out. And, and then I'm, I'm thinking about coming back to you next time and saying, can you do or this? Or refer to someone else, yeah. right? That someone has product or whatever it may be. But it's been really fun. And I think, you know, the the silver lining of the pandemic was we all got to think about how do we want to do this better? And now coming back into it, everyone's budgets might be a little bit different, but it was really fun to just kind of, we've, we've created some great partnerships. I mean, I, I actually, we don't do full logistics for our clients. Like we've developed a system that is compact that you can take on your own, but some people don't want to do anything. So now I've got partners on the East coast and West coast where I go, I'm going to sell this booth. They'll handle the pre-flighting and the shipping and everything else. Even And, and it is less money than it would be if you had this big giant booth. But again, I just, I want to be able to give the full service, even though we can't. So it's important, especially with these larger customers, because they, they buy these big booths. And the nice thing about having a big booth that can be modular and go and, you know, very configure into smaller booths is that they're going to be doing eight to 10 to 12 to 14 shows. And they have all these different configurations. And if they don't have the setup internally, to be able to pre-flight these and do all the things they want to do, they need a partner that can do that. So we we have multiple partners that can help out with that. That's great. And everyone's thinking about efficiencies right now. They're thinking about cost savings as, as costs continue to rise. So how do, what, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. What, what the solutions are out there, maybe you know from your company or, or some other things, or what the, what questions, I guess that's the, that's the thing is what questions should they be asking to find the right solution for them when it comes to cost savings? So maybe if, whether it's a small, small company or even a mid-sized company. I, you know, sometimes rentals are the way to go if you're only doing one show. You know, if you're doing two shows or three shows or four shows and you really want to look at buying something that you can reuse, right? Because you're investing in the future. But as a small company... Maybe you don't know if trade shows are for you, right? Mm -hmm. So I do have some companies that I refer that do great rentals. It just has to make sense. And it really comes down to budget and it comes down to what your plan is for the year. So those are the things I usually ask. It's, you know, what type of shows are you going to? What type of product or not product? Do you need AV? Like there's just, there's so many options, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to, to, to find those for them. So so in with your displays and others, I'm a, one thing that I'm a big fan of is lighting. Yep. And are you seeing any new trends in lighting or anything that's innovative that the people should be aware about? Well, lighting is so important. And when we first launched this business, we didn't have shelf lighting. And actually one of our clients ran out to Home Depot and grabbed some ribbon LEDs and and it was remote and he started changing colors and it got a little crazy, but I was like, <laughs> wow, that, that isn't, we really do need to figure this out. So we then, you know, during the pandemic changed our system and we added in these metal brackets that connect our shelves and then they were magnetic. So we created these, you know, we bought LED extruded light bars and boom, all of a sudden the whole thing changed, right? 
there's certain shows that I've done recently, one of them being like Toy Fest West, which is in Las Vegas. Small show. It's in the new Expo Hall attached to the World Market Center. And we had about seven booths there. You knew where our booths were because we had so much light and the and the hall is quite dark. So it was like these beacons of light, you know, and 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 people just draw towards that, right? So and even in like permanent showrooms and places like that, getting access to power is pretty hard. So I think finding a way to access one power supply in your booth space and being able to daisy chain and connect those, that's really important. And to be able to hide that within the structure is also as important. And and that's something that we've done. And 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 ever since we went to lighting, it's just it's been an absolute game changer. That's just functional lighting, right? You've got directional lights, arm lights that can, you know, they they do a decent job. But I think having if you're if you're ever displaying with shelves, you have to have a light under each one because the shadow cast is just it it it, it you have to have it. Mm-hmm. And I remember this with the company that I worked with. It was a publishing company. This beautiful artwork, puzzles and games, and all these amazing master artwork from all the different museums. And we did that one show really well. And then we would go to these other shows and we had no lighting. It's like going to a museum and having no lighting in the museum, right? So I see this at retail. I see it in showrooms where there's that lack of light and it's, 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 it's very important. Now, as far as additional lighting out there, things I've seen that are innovative. I mean, there are great led lights and things like that, where you can really get that marquee sign up high. And we've been working with a couple of companies to do that, to get that bells and whistles to really attract people from afar. I saw one recently for a company night eyes and I had a lot of clients like taking pictures, like, Hey, can you do this for me? And so we do have a few companies that do that really well. So that's not a functional light, but it's more of a marquee to kind of attract because everyone's fighting for real estate, whether it be up in the sky with like hanging banners mm-hmm. and some of these shows I go to, I'm like, it's, I mean, it's almost not worth it because the rigging costs, they're so high. Oh, yeah. Right. You can buy a hanging banner for, let's just call it two grand. And it's going to cost you the same amount just to rig it every time. Yeah. But it is a great way to within the show being very far away to find that person and drop down. So some shows don't use them. Some shows do. But my point of that is how do you attract those buyers as they're walking around? I feel like any good buyer is going to be, you know, have a plan, right? They're walking the show. They're going to, they're going to walk up and down and and eventually they'll find it, especially they want to find something that's new and innovative. So I think I'm not a big fan of the hanging banners, but if someone wants them, we'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> but as far as lighting, you know, I'll be at Exhibitor Live in, in 10 days. And I think next time we talk, I'll, I'll probably have some better feedback on that. But I haven't seen anything, you know, dramatic other than the fact that like what we do, I think is is fantastic. I think you just have to light the shelves. It's so important to highlight that product. So yeah, lighting is absolutely critical and it's worth the investment. I'm glad you're as big a fan as I am because oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, <clears throat> My my heart goes out to the the little ten by tens uh, mm-hmm. because they they make up probably eighty percent of a lot of these bigger shows. And you walk down and and it's just kind of sad. <laughs> there's yeah. no life. There's no you know. There's no movement. There's no motion. There's no no excitement. And lighting that 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 booth that is well lit, even a ten by ten or you know a ten by twenty or you get into the bigger booths, obviously. 
but that can make all the difference in and being that beacon of uh, yeah. life <laughs> and, uh, it's, somewhere it's down hard to light that in. i mean i would say you know if you're in a 10 by 10 and you don't have a way to kind of attach lighting you're probably either best bet is just i mean i hate doing park hands but just get a flood of light on your 10 by 10 i mean that's mm. probably your best bet just just so people can see you yeah. So absolutely. there are there are their traditional ways to get it and it is expensive, but it'd probably be worth it. Yeah. It just depends on your position. Well, you brought up uh, you brought up retail uh, a little while back in in our conversation and and really thinking about and understanding how do retailers, they are masters because they're constantly thinking about how do we draw people to different parts of the store? How do we highlight specific products? Obviously, we're not talking about the, the Costco or Sam's Club as much as we are the, the boutique stores, but they're masters at this. And you talked about you know creating shelving, and, and that also comes to understanding your audience as who is there. And if they need to see, because they are a retailer... They want to see how the product's going to look in their store. So I, I love that you said said that about you know creating that that shelving. So maybe it's not just putting out the product, but it's putting out the product so your audience who's in front of you will see this is yep. what it's going to look like at our store. That's the custom display that they're going to send me, the, or this is how it's going to look on the pegboard, or, or you know whatever. But it's it also it's also the flow of traffic too, because I have a lot of friends that worked in retail that handled you know merchandising for Quicksilver and some of these larger retailers, mm-hmm. and they have a definite definitive plan and they have analytics that show how they draw into the store and how you keep them going walking around the store. There, I actually met a company called Fast Sensor. I don't know if you've talked to them. Kaylin Welch is one of the owners of that company. We've talked, we've walked the shows and they have a way to kind of heat map, right? They've got these sensors within the booth and these are for bigger booths, right? To show where's what, where's the ROI for some of these things that whether it be, you know, the bar is open, you know, at from four to 6 PM, you know, like obviously that's going to drive traffic, but how do you engage and how do you, you, you reconfigure and, and make things better? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you learn from each show? And I think, one of the things that I like about our system is that it is modular. So if mm-hmm. you're creating a 20 by 20 and you're closing it off too much, it, you can easily open it up, right? And you can decide, you know, and also the configuration and the orientation of where your booth is and where the traffic's coming from. You have so many different ways on four ways in mm-hmm. to capture those the, that traffic. So there's a, there's a lot to do when you elevate from an inline booth to an island booth. And so there's, there's a lot to think about. And a lot of times I like to do that with them say, cause in the, in the beginning stages, we'll, we'll give them a, a custom render and we'll be like, well, let's, let's put this corner here. Or we'll back this wall over here. And let's look at the, let's look at where the traffic is going to be coming from the main aisle and who's next to you. Right. Cause you may have a big booth that's going to be blocking you. You don't know, you don't know what kind of booth they have. So there's a lot of planning, but the nice thing, and again, I just like to toot our own horn, but when on the site, you can reconfigure. That's the cool part. That said, you yeah. would, in the case of lighting, you would have to run power and move it over. And that's not a big deal. I mean, it's easy to kind of run that one mm-hmm. power source to another corner. So to be nimble um, when on the floor to make changes, I think is really important too. Yeah. The key is, like you said, having a modular setup and yeah. how many... How many companies over the years, you know, uh, modular has become more, I don't want to say more common, but it's more accessible, sure. more available yep. uh, from companies like yourselves and others that, uh, and I think more companies should consider that because I know I've 
been many years ago, had, had a display that we just bought brand new and we were excited about it. And then we get on the show floor and it just didn't work. Mm. And we're like, oh, this is backwards or this, you know, this needs to be over here because of the the flow, the traffic flow. People weren't, weren't seeing what we wanted them to see. And yeah, but now you're stuck. Now you're stuck. But if you had something that's, that's more modular, like you said, in the middle yeah. of the show, at the end of the first day, you for day two, you can completely reconfigure your booth so that yep. you are highlighting what you want to highlight or just mix it up. So day two, people can come see something different than they saw on day one. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of a lot of things that you can do and and you you also brought up something where you were talking about fast sensor and and that flow of people throughout a retail store we should always be thinking about the flow through our booth and not and even if you have a 10 by 10 there is what, what I as part of what I, when I train and work with with clients I have what I call the EQF framework so it's the it's the engage the qualify and then flow. Mm -hmm. And that is, mm -hmm. so you're engaging the person, you're qualifying them. And now I want to get them into a flow into mm -hmm. an attendee journey of, of going through how, what, what are they going to experience when they're at my booth? And so you've got to consider that in all that you're doing and, and your display is such a huge, huge part of that. Maximizing Just, those tiny spaces is critical. I mean, they're yeah. so expensive. I mean, Expo, Natural Products Expo West, I mean, it's eight grand for 10 by 10. Oof. I mean, it's like yeah. the highest you could possibly have, but in the food industry, it's interesting because they, they, you kind of want, I've, I've noticed, and, and I, I don't really believe this is the case, but you're, you're serving food and you need a counter. You need some way to kind of flow, keep all this flow of traffic coming by and tasting your food and trying these things out. It's just so different than these yeah. other shows where you want them to come in, kind of pick it up and, and give them access where this yeah. is taste it. Right. It's, 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 it's very, it's fun to go to different shows and see how everyone is utilizing these spaces. It so. is so, it's so cool. It's so cool. And I, I love that you said the food industry, because a lot of, whether you're in the food industry or you're using food as a draw, you're having a barista, you're popping popcorn, yeah. you're giving out ice cream or something in interesting and fun is maximizing <clears throat> the flow. So when I've got them there, maybe they're standing in line, maybe they're, you know, they're waiting for that sample. Now they've gotten the sample. How do I get them to not walk away? What else is there in my booth that is going to draw them that there'll be that natural next step so they could see, okay, now that, now that I've tasted this, what's the next thing that I want them to do? And that's where working with someone like you can help them figure out, okay, this is how we need to design this. Here's where they're going to get the yeah, here's where they're going to get the sample and here's where we're going to have them walk and they're going to go to this display over here, a video panel or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It's fun. I mean, we, we have one client that is a pet treat company and they had a 20 by 30 and we created our crate and then we kind of flanked this whole thing. They brought in a fridge and they, they, it, they did a really great job and they have this giant Serrano ham and they're just slicing like thin slices and everyone's coming by and tasting it because Serrano ham is the, the key ingredient into their treats. And so it was just a fun way. Every, every big show they do, that's just kind of the draw. And, and then they have a happy hour. I mean, like all those things are really important and they're expensive. Uh, you got to definitely have a budget for that. But I've also seen some really cool things that I, I think about, because when we get into these bigger spaces, you have more room to kind of play with those, those, those experiential pieces where we're, you got this utilitarian shelves and slat wall and we, we graphic it up and we can make it look really great and beautiful, but we're really in the end, it's just about highlighting the product. Right. And then being able to create that great flow. I was at the 
the NAM show, which is a musician. Musician, like, right? I, yep, in, in Anaheim. And I was walking by this one booth, and they were from, I think, Mexico, a company called Cream Guitars. And they had this beautiful, like, velvet gold throne chair. And then around it, there was four black mannequins holding the guitars. And on the head was amplifiers. And, and they had, like, pink, like, looked like blood just dripping down. And it was just so glam and so bright and neon. And, and it was just so – and so everyone was sitting in this chair and taking pictures with the cream guitar logo on the back. And it was just, it was so compelling and everyone wanted to sit down at it. And it only took up, it didn't take up a big space, but I sat down, everyone was taking pictures. It created this draw. And I, it just makes me think like when people are like, I want to do something really interesting. I think about that and I go, well, how can we translate that into what they're doing? Yeah. And that's why we've had these partners where we go, we need a 3d printed piece or a sculpted piece where we can print on it. So we have these partners where we go, let's do our part. And then let's let's allocate 10 feet of this this photo opportunity or, or something really compelling where we take that small object that you have, that product, like let's call it a dinosaur, and have it ripping out of a of an SCG frame. And so so we have the ability to do that stuff when and that becomes really fun. And they're like, let's just really have fun over here, but let's make sure we highlight our product. Just amazing. <laughs> Josh, this has been fantastic. Oh my gosh, you got my I love spinning. I love talking about it. It's amazing. <laughs> so as we wrap up today, what are a couple of key things you really want people to take away from our conversation? I think we went over a lot of things here. I mean, yeah. you know, making these decisions on 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 deciding on which show. I mean, I think maybe probably walking some of these shows first before you actually decide to pull the trigger and calling people like myself and 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 talking to even competitors. I mean, I think it's it's so the thing that I learned over LinkedIn or or on, on the pandemic is just like we're all in this together, mm. right? I mean, there's there's plenty of competition, but there's plenty of room. And I think just asking questions and 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 seeking out expert advice like yourself and myself and ask questions before you just jump into it. So, you know, I think we're trying to solve as many pain points in the convention hall and we're excited about it. But again, we're, we're not the solution for everybody. So I think it's just, it really depends on what your product is, what your service is and doing your, your homework and, and maybe just taking that effort to to walk that show before you decide to exhibit at it and see if it, it makes sense for you. Great advice to you know, make sure you have that right show. I actually have a video training on how to pick the right show. So if anyone wants that, you know, I, reach I out I would to love me. to see that. Yeah, I, I would love to I, see the different shows. Like there's a show yes. in every city, every day around the world, and you could get lost in trying to make that decision. So that's why yeah. I think really focusing in and 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 at least try and talking to the shows and then talk to other people like what other shows do you go to? Yeah. Don't jump into it quickly. I think this is my, my suggestion. <laughs> yeah. And, and as you're, as you're figuring out what your display should be and, and should look like, don't just look online or look through catalogs or anything like that. I mean, that's great to get some inspiration. Sure. Contact an expert, get in touch with someone like Josh, who has been there, done that many, many, many times, has has experienced throughout industries, and they can they can help and heap on you information and and stories and examples that you could never find on your own with all your searching. 
So that yeah. are going to be specific for you. So Josh, well, your podcast is fantastic for that. So oh, thank I, you. The more and more we do this, I mean, I'm happy to come back on again and talk about something completely different. So, <laughs> well, we'll have to have you come back on, share some more success stories, maybe maybe dive deep into some big wins that you've had, some some customers that have gone from A to B, like yeah. you said, some that 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 small booth to an island booth and how scary that journey was. And, and we have, we have a couple of clients have gone from 10 by 10s to 20 by thirties. It's, it's just so fun to watch. So that would be another conversation, which would be really fun. That would, that would. So people want to know more about, about you connect with you and look, learn more about Flatworks. What is the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, we have a contact page at flatworksdisplays.com. That's flatworks, plural, displays.com. And we also have an Instagram page. All the social media links are at the bottom. But you could reach me directly at josh at flatworksdisplays.com. Awesome. Awesome. I'll drop all that, all the links into the show notes. So just click on that show notes button and you'll get that. Reach out to Josh. Thank you, Josh. This Thank has been, you. This has been fantastic. Thanks for what you do for the industry. Thanks for keeping being innovative and thinking about how do we reduce costs <laughs> yep. and being yep. innovative at the same time. So really, really appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Jim. All right. And everyone continue to come back, share this out with, with people who need to hear it. He need that inspiration and get their wheels spinning. Uh, guys, make sure you've, you're not missing an episode here. So make sure you're subscribed. Keep coming back here to campus each week at trade show university. We'll see you next time. <laughs>